Blog Talk Radio. We've got the owner of Viral calling in tonight, and we are hosted by Stephen Platinum and the man who's probably still bleeding, the man who's probably still hurting, but the man who is here for certain, it is marvelous, Matt Hankins. How are you doing tonight, Matt? It all hurts. Everything hurts, but I brought my ass to work today. Take that, Sasha Banks. Oh, oh, no, you can't call out Star. No. No, not with them. You don't get, get no. You don't get oh. six months off just because you lost a match. That ain't how it works. Oh, God, if I took six months off every time I lost a match. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> don't you say nothing about Sasha Banks. She's so hot. Um, so we're going to have viral on tonight. And we're going to talk about these awards. And, uh, and Hankins, i got to say, I'm glad you're here. And, it, and we're going to have one of the, the tapped out podcast guys, right? Do, do we know which one? Yes. Uh, I believe we've got Myron calling in later. Oh, Myron. That sweet voice. Oh, I'm all about Myron. So that's going to be wonderful. That's going to be wonderful. Oh, but, you know, hang on, Steve. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang no. On. Oh, no. Oh, you no. know how this goes. They give yeah. a minority a chance, but they can't wait to fire him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome wrestling journalist extraordinaire and host of this podcast, Larry Goodman. Jeez, sorry to horn in on it, uh, Hank. I, I'll, I'll try to stay quiet. I was, no, no, uh, Larry, this th- is your show. I would never. Thank you. Thank you for uh, handling this. I was, for you. I'll uh, push all the buttons for you, sir, Mr. Larry. Thank you. I, I was tending to a colonoscopy. Fortunately, not my own. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a, a colonoscopy. That's what we call a GPW. Now, Larry. Um, Steve, you beat me to it. My joke was going to be elbow deep in shit. Who are you, Daryl Morris? <laughs> so, so, Larry, you had a number of topics. Of course, uh, I think at the end we're definitely going to talk about Harley Race. I think that's, that's somebody who we probably have very different perspectives on, but an equal level of respect, certainly. But um, there was another topic that you wanted to talk about, and I remember just being fascinated by it. Please, what was it? Well, so um, I got a uh, message after the Anarchy Report uh, okay. About my uh, correcting me about saying the uh, War Games trademark belonged to WWE and that's why it could not be used. Um, uh, a gentleman named uh, Tim Holman, 
who's the promoter of uh, Disruptor Pro, reached out right. to me with a correction. Uh, Mr. Holman also uh, happens to be an attorney uh, whose area of practice is um, intellectual property law. And he was asked to look into this um, back a year ago by Rick Michaels as they were heading into hostile environment and was going to do another war games match. So um, I would say he's got a lot of expertise in this and he has thoroughly researched this and he shared some of the information and in the, in the, uh, that he's uh, picked up. And I found this, I find this kind of stuff fascinating also. So yeah, man. Um, guess who owns the trademark for war games? Anybody want to guess? Hankins. Do you have a guess? Who owns the trademark for War Games? Is it um, Dixie Carter? No. Is it the Crockett family? No. The answer is MGM. (laughs) In relation to the the movie. Because of the movie. They hold the trademark because of the movie. And the weird thing is, well, I don't know if it's weird, but the way the uh, U.S. Patent Office handles the classification of such things, wrestling patents and trademarks fall in the same category as entertainment trademarks. So, there, and, and you know, they apparently there's some consideration of bringing War Games back as a web series or doing more with it. So, um, M- MGM is is interested in keeping this um, trademark. So, MLW has filed uh, regarding the War Games trademark wanting to get it for wrestling and it's now in the hands of the U.S. Patent Office whether they're going to um, you know whether they're going to make any headway with their filing it's, in the, it's going to be in the hands of a U.S. Patent Attorney uh, a U.S. Patent Office attorney will probably make the decision on whether they're going to get a, tr- a trademark for wrestling or not so the, you know of course they're arguing that there's no confusion in the marketplace or, or however that's that's phrased um, in their effort to get their uh, uh, trademark. So at the present time, there is no trademark. Nobody has a trademark for the name for pro wrestling. Gotcha. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know about the no crossover, because now I'm thinking I'm going to be a manager by the name of Professor Falcon, and I'm going to talk in a creepy computer voice. (laughs) Would you like to play a game? My kids found that movie fascinating. They watched it maybe a month ago, and they found it fascinating, mostly by how the computers looked. And uh, uh, Elena just kept saying, there's no way any computer that has to use magnetic tape reel-to-reel could start a nuclear war. That was that was, that was her thing about the believability of the movie. I was more upset that Ali Sheedy was never naked in that movie. I just thought, like, what a waste of my time. This is awful. That's 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 some good looking out, Larry. Though that's very fascinating. I I was well, going to say, I mean, if let's let's say PCW started running again, and did the July Fourth show, would we have to call it the Revolutionary Police Action? Like, what would we have to do? That sounds terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, it, would anybody would it would MGM care? I mean, clearly they haven't cared to this point about any small promotions running war games named things. So would would anybody even care about it? Interesting that WWE did not enter has not entered any kind of filing. Never has. No. You know, and, and NXT no, I mean, runs I think one it's... once a year. 
Yeah. Because Triple H loves the war games, but Vince McMahon does yeah. not. Right? Because it's not, it's not his creation. And, you know, yep. uh, if it's not his thing or he can't completely destroy it and see if they do it in NXT, then it's not going to be shitty. So that's no fun. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man. So uh, <clears throat> before we bring on our guest, <clears throat> oh, I need to make a correction. I'd stated in the um, latest full disclosure video that it was the owner of viral that got a hold of me, wanted me to put that video up showing how big their crowd was to stick it to Cameron Cade. It wasn't. It was their like production guy. He's the much more volatile one. The owner of viral is a very nice gentleman who we're going to talk to very soon. But the, um, but the, you know, the, the, the kind of guy who runs the technical end is very outspoken. He's the one who hates me, uh, or at least is, is public about it. I think the owner probably just hates me quietly, like most of the free world in my family. Uh, so, yeah, I was going to say, that's default setting for the world. That's right. True enough. True enough. Um, so, Larry, any other topics beyond Harley Race that interested you this got, week? Got to put over Rob Rod. Yeah. The guy wrote, wrote, attended and wrote reports on seven shows in ten days. In my most prolific younger days, I never did any such thing. The guy's been all over, you know, been all over the place, all over everything. So kudos, kudos to Rob Rod. And then Gary Lamb put him on blast, kind of jokingly. <clears throat> and then all those, all those marks came out of the woodwork. Yep. And Rob Rod. Rob Rod beat them back. You, you know what it reminded me of? I'm going to bring up the film classic, um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, in which Terrence Stamp, a.k.a. General Zod, um, you know, he's a drag queen and he's an old one, and these guys start shit with him, and he kicks their ass. And then they go, like, how are you able to do that? And he goes, like, when you're, you know, when you're a queen, you got to be tough. And uh, yep. that's what reminded me of Rob Rod, who just whipped ass, uh, much to his credit, which is important. Just as, you know, Larry has the statesman status, so people tend not to mess with you very much. Uh, but Rob uh, definitely made his presence felt. I was very proud of him. And, those were, and his reports are getting better and better and better. The one I thought he wrote at Southern Honor may be the best one he's done to date, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, like, I was able to get a complete feeling of what that show was just by how he wrote it up, and I fully understood why he graded things the way that he graded them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I actually saw, um, I saw the Rumble Jack, courtesy of somebody who um, was transmitting it live. So, through my children, I have now figured out how to show that on my television. So I had it playing on my TV and watched and watched the entire Rumble Jack. And, um, I, I mean, I hate a battle royal. We know I hate a battle royal. Um, that one did everything they wanted it to do, and that crowd certainly was into it. And they got everywhere that they wanted to go, I think, with it. So, Yeah. yeah the, finish, of- the finish, though, what it was, um, it got – a definite reaction. Um, I can't argue with the how it worked in the building, and that's what matters. Um, I don't know why all the jacks were laying down at the end, but hey, I wasn't there. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. That was kind of weird. That was kind of strange. So, <laughs> Larry, tiptoed through them to make his escape. 
Larry, of, since we're going to bring on, yes, please. Speaking of grades, and I know I think you touched on this just as I was coming on, but I got a grade Hankins A plus for that uh, oh, bloody you, w- war games performance. It was like outstanding. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a legacy, and I probably shouldn't bring this up because I shouldn't bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up. And you know, from the from the scale of Jeff G. Bailey to Wicked Nemesis and uh, Sid Istic, right? There's a scale of expectation with managers. Um, somebody pointed it out to me today that a heel manager has basically been the, the engine on which anarchy has run for decades, mm-hmm. since the beginning. And the fact that Hankins was able to continue that speaks a lot of him, of course. But he, you, there's pressure because, uh, Larry, do you remember the promo that uh, Wicked Nemesis and um, Sid Istic cut for the War Games? You know, maybe I'm fortunate, but I don't. No, I don't. You do, <laughs> yeah, be, be glad you don't. It was like a yelly, screamy thing. It, it, it was bad, right? It was their chance to sort of take over. This was during the, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, the Palmer Iceberg Booked Era, which is generally – not spoken of, kind of like, you know, like the last season of Dexter. We all just kind of like, uh, whatever. He's a lumberjack, okay. And we pretend that didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, like, that's the epitome. Amongst the managers, it's a little inside scuttlebutt, amongst the managers, you know, there was definitely pressure on Hankins to deliver not only great War Games promos, which he did, but to perform in that match. And, uh, boy. You didn't sp- – Hankins, i got to ask, because you're, you're obviously getting into better and better physical shape. Do you think it made a difference with being able to perform in that match or not? I, I think it helped me be confident that I would go out there and not screw it up um, for sure. You know, and it just – I felt like, oh, we can go out here without having a bunch of choreography and I can do whatever comes my way which wound up just being getting hit in the back 15 times with a Kendrick stick. So, having some padding did help in that regard. Because I'm here to tell you, that woman hits like a fucking truck, man. Jesus, she was wailing away with that thing. (laughs) Oh, she was going. Who is she married to? Come on, man. Like, you know. You know. I knew the first time where we had a pull apart with she and I, and uh, the first forearm she gave me, I was like, oh, this ain't going to be fun, but it ain't going to be easy. And, man, just, uh, the, the, you know, I'm, clearly I'm here for story. And having that thing be what I'm sure to them originally was a throwaway match between the manager and the girl in the beginning, just a, a bridge to get us to where we were going with the TV title, just this throwaway thing. And it turns into Crystal Rose wins the Anarchy Games. And, you know, just yeah. the reaction it got and, and, and it being, to, coin a, to borrow a phrase, undeniable um, that it worked. I was like, man, this is, yeah, I've done it. I've done my job here. And I can, I, I know that I've done everything I could do, including bleeding buckets of blood in the war game. <laughs> Well, if if wrestling is indeed triumph and tragedy, and you experienced one while experiencing the other, which is pretty awesome, um, I think Viral Pro, that's what we call in the business segue kids, Viral Pro certainly, uh, you know, they're a group that 
I sort of derided as perhaps faking their crowd numbers and that kind of stuff. And they fought against it tooth and nail. And uh, when push came to shove, and they have a lot of critics, they have rivals, like genuine rivals, right? Um, their last show, they drew, you know, they said 400. I got to say, for once, I think they may have undercut that a little bit. Because when I looked at that crowd, I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> that might be more than 400. And they were incredibly vocal. And the James, did you see the James Storm tweet that he put out today in the morning? No. He, um, he, he wrestled Anthony Henry. And, of course, they have that great picture. I, you know, I'm a big fan of pictures, right? Hankins, Hankins mm-hmm. like, laying on the rope, bleeding. That's that show from here on in, right? Um, the one from the Viral Pro Show was of Anthony Henry and James Storm shaking hands. And uh, James Storm put out a tweet today saying, you know, something along the lines of, just when you think like you know everything about pro wrestling and you can't experience anything new, and then you get into a match with a younger guy who pushes you beyond your limits, like basically implying he had to keep up with Anthony Henry, which is so great for that guy and viral pro in general. Uh, and it's basically anything. It's the most you could want. It's what Tommy Dreamer does every time he takes a mic, but he knows that that's what he's being paid to do is to put over whatever promotion he's at. But James Storm doing that of his own volition the next morning, I thought was really classy and really awesome. And, you know, certainly Anthony Henry will not forget that. So I thought it was really great. So it's a home run for a viral and, you know, they want to crow. I'm going to let them crow. I mean, it's just a way Well, we got the man on the line to do it. Mr. Joshua Hancock has joined us. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you feeling post? I got to hear from a promoter that actually ran something that drew a big crowd. So how do you feel? Um, it, what, did you get everything out of that show that you wanted? And how did it feel to basically be in the middle of that, not just a big crowd? And I would say that you guys probably had more than 400, honestly. Um, But a crowd that was clearly so into everything going on and just was into everything that you guys were serving up. How did that feel? And how does it feel now a couple of days later? Man, I'm, I'm still, you know, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was everything I wanted and everything I envisioned. And, you know, like you, you said earlier, um, we have worked so hard since day one to accomplish what we did over this past weekend. You know, each and every show has, has gotten bigger, you know, built a bigger fan base each and every time. And Saturday night we had between four and 500 people, and that was the best feeling I've ever had since I became a promoter. Mm, mm, mm. B- biggest crowd you've ever drawn? Uh, yes, that's the biggest crowd to date for uh, viral pro wrestling. Do, do you give? Um, somebody asked me earlier today when I was talking to him on, on the phone, and they said, "Do you think is, is that James Storm?" So like, I, like they're like, "Is James Storm a draw like that?" And I'm like, "I don't. I can ask him tonight. I'm just, I, for me, it would just be conjecture. Yeah. What do you attribute that crowd to?" Um, is it is it the James Storm factor? Is it you know, I don't know, good timing? Um, what is it? I I think the it was good timing. I mean, the whole card was stacked 
from you know from top to bottom. Uh, every match was action packed. I mean, we had like you said, we had Anthony Henry, we had the Gymnasty Boys, the Ugly Ducklings, uh, international superstars, uh, Lance Anoya, uh, AC Mack. I mean, it was just stacked, man, from top to finish. And and we we drew fans from up in North Georgia where you know other promotions run and they drove all the way down to see viral pro wrestling and, and we had a lot of new fans and they enjoyed the show it's from what i i was told you know I, i've been messaged by lots of people that uh said it was their first time coming and they enjoyed it and they're, they're definitely coming back so well, you know I, I don't i don't feel like it was just because of james storm i mean don't get me wrong it helped that he was there but i believe the whole card spoke for itself i have I have been on shows with James Storm, and he is certainly a talent, and he certainly did draw some numbers, but it don't do that. Um, that right. takes a lot of work on the front side, a lot of extra work on the promotion end, and, you know, build enough a thing to where the people knew that even though James Storm is there, we're going to get a lot of other great stuff from the guys we see down there all the time to get those numbers. Right. I mean, like our, our opening match, we had a uh, – a ladder match between the lynch mob, the ugly ducklings, the gymnasty boys, and the international superstars. And that was just phenomenal to open the show up with. I mean, it, it had everything you could ask for. You know, the fans just went crazy, and, and, and they stayed hot all night long. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that impressed me the most, honestly, where I just went – that crowd sounds like they were into because we had a number of shows that happened this weekend where, the, you know, it was noted that crowds weren't hot for the whole show. And, you know, a number of promotions had big shows. Um, and that's great. Now, Larry, you've been a viral pro believer for a long time. And you watch a lot of wrestling. And, like me, you hate a lot of wrestling. You're just not as vocal <laughs> about it. Why? What is it about Viral Pro? Because I, I look at their talent roster that they generally use, and I go, it's very good. But there's a number of promotions that have very good talent rosters, right? Why Viral Pro? What caught your eye right away? Why did you go? You know, when I was having my brouhaha with Viral, you went to their very next show, which I thought was in part kind of a make good, kind of like, sorry, Steve's an asshole. I'll show up at your show. <laughs> well, which, whether true or not, I thought would be a great story. What, what was about Viral Pro that just, why do you like it when you so, like so few things? I, I've only, that's not true, Steve, that I only like so few things. But anyway, I, <laughs> Pretty I, true. I, I've, only, I've only been to two of uh, Josh's shows live. One was a couple of years ago, and then I was there in, June, and the thing that struck yeah. me was how much more things had gelled from that show a couple of years ago to the show in June in terms of the the overall presentation, the storytelling, mm. and you could tell that things were more cooking. And I'm not, I wasn't surprised that they drew so well because it wasn't just James Storm; it was the overall package of stories, from top to bottom in the card. I think that really uh, helped. Don't don't you think so, Joshua? Yes, sir. I, I believe so. I mean, um, like I said earlier, I mean, we, we've grown every show. Um, our production is top-notch. I mean, you've been there. You've seen it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we do everything the right way, and we, we try to get better each and every show. I mean, uh, my hat's off to Gary Lamb and Southern Honor. You know, they're right now they're on top of the world, you know, number one promotion. But uh, 
we're right behind them, and hopefully we'll catch them and pass them soon. <laughs> so, um, you know, viral like when when you know, um, our mutual friend now uh, brought up Cameron Cade. I'm just curious, where where does that amnesty come from? Now I know you don't necessarily share it, but why is it just because viral has is successful? Do you guys just run close to Bushido or something? Like, where does that amnesty come from? Well, originally, um, when Cameron brought Bushido, well, he he ran a show a few years ago at Patriots Park here in the CSRA, and it it bombed, and then uh. He disappeared for a while, and I started Viral. I think Viral had been running for maybe two years. And uh, he decides he wants to bring Bushido back, and he brings it to Thompson, Georgia, where I'm running Viral Pro Wrestling. And he decides he wants to run on the first Saturday, only 10 minutes down the road from where I run my shows on the second Saturday. And, you know, that didn't sit well with me because, you know, he, he was trying to – to me, he was trying to use what I had built to make a name for himself because he was trying to book the same talent I had in the same town only 10 minutes away from where we do our show. Mm. And, you know, that that didn't sit well with me. So ever since then, you know, I've kind of had a little little beef with Cameron. And, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten over it to some point, you know, because, you know, you can't tell talent where they can work and where they can't work. But, yeah. When I'm gonna tell you a story. When I first started viral, um, Antron Brewer, uh, the fireman, he's an NXT referee now, but uh, he was running shows in Thompson because he's from Thompson, Georgia. And uh, when he got signed with WWE, I went to him and asked him, did he mind if I continued running shows in Thompson, Georgia, at the venue he was using? And he said, no, man. He said that'd be great. You know keep keep it going, you know, give the fans something to go to. And, you know, that was out of respect for me because I believe, you know, in like the old territory days, you know, you respect each other. And I asked for his permission to run those shows and I got it. And that's what I've done. And Cameron disrespected me by coming in to our town trying to run shows, you know, and didn't, didn't even ask me or, or anything, you know. It'd be different now. Now they're in Augusta, which is maybe 30 minutes away, so they're not in the same town. But he recently done a show called uh, "We Have the Cure," you know, which oh, is shot, oh, yeah. shot toward viral. Oh, oh my God! I just placed that. Holy crap! Am I getting old and dim? Oh, we have the cure. Wow! Wow! So, uh, it's got nothing to do with Robert Smith. Holy shit! <laughs> you know, nobody here knows that but me. <laughs> Disintegration's the greatest album ever. But album yeah, ever. well. Thank, thank you for clearing that up, honestly, in such a succinct fashion. Uh, and we know what side I'm going to stand on that. So we don't even need to get into that. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So what, and, what's um, the plan now? Um, we've, seen, I mean, we've seen shows that have done gangbuster numbers, and then there's sort of the biggest show they've ever done, and sort of, um, uh, and sort of suffer immediately thereafter. What, what's your plan? To kind of They're not going to suffer going with forward. this card that I'm looking at because I'm looking at the card laid out <laughs> really? on the 24th, and it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to spend the What's next all? 
Uh, what we got? About 35 minutes in the show. Just talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, that was our our three year anniversary show we just did, but um, the show on the 24th is going to be even bigger than that. So it it's it's going to be a party. That's what we're building there. Mikey Galino's Summer Quack. It's going to be a, a a big party, and once you see all the talent that's been invited and it's going to be on the show, you're going to be like, holy shit. Nice. Well, I, I saw Christopher Daniels on the poster, uh, and I think I saw Leva Bates. What else you got? Uh, we have Eli Drake. Um, we got JT Dunn coming in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Such an Eli Drake fan. I'm such an Eli Drake and Leva Bates fan, actually. Oh, God. I might have to go. Holy shit. (laughs) Man, we'd love to have you. Come check us out, man. Um, I'll get in one of those dunking booths so you guys can make some money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just announced today uh, Owen Knight against uh, Tim Dunst for the Outbreak Championship. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Dunn, but uh, yeah. he's, he's big into oh, the I am. I am well. very familiar with him, <laughs> and I yeah. absolutely adore him. I think he is great at everything he does. And uh, we, we we've got several several big surprises. You know, we haven't revealed everything yet, and we're we're kind of waiting. But uh, just keep an eye on our uh, Facebook page, and we're going to be announcing matches in the next week. I think I owe you an apology, if for no other reason than I, you know, there's there's the groups that I think of as A-list groups and groups I think of as B-list groups and that kind of thing. And Viral Pro, I got to just be honest, when I started doing videos, just really wasn't on my radar, right? It was just like another poster that showed up, and I would remember a Larry review here and there. Uh, right. Man, I I gotta seriously look. I cause I mean when you say the thing about like yeah Southern Honors number one, but we're we're coming for them, and I just go like that that could just read as hyperbole, but not mm-hmm. after the show that you did, and not after you know the show that's coming up. I mean, what? It, so when is that show taking place? That's the twenty fourth, was it? Yes, August twenty fourth, and it it will oh. be in Augusta, Georgia. And how can people keep, people keep track of you guys? Uh, obviously, you're on Facebook, I would assume. Um, what, are, what are other ways for people to keep in, keep in touch with what Viral is doing? Um, we have Facebook, uh, Viral Pro Wrestling. We have Twitter and Instagram, Viral underscore Pro. And uh, if you want tickets, you can always go to vpw.ticketbud.com, and it has all our events listed. Yes. Well, if you want to take a take a tip from Gary Lamb, you need to get a hold of BushidoProWrestling.com and <laughs> your ticket through that. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. Any any last questions or last words from anybody? Uh, it all uh, looks really good, man. Like you're really like the presentation looks good. You're Production packages look good. I mean, there's there's not a negative thing to say about what you're doing right now. So keep swinging, bud. I really appreciate that. And uh, one more thing I want to say. Um, Christopher Daniels will be there on August 24th, and I've been told that it, that will be his last appearance on the independent scene. So if you want to come see Christopher Daniels, you need to be there on August 24th in Augusta, Georgia. Nice. Oh, that's a promoter. 
Man, yeah. <laughs> nicely done, nicely done. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. I know it was relatively short notice, but uh, I just I wanted to have I wanted to have viral on, uh, basically to to make sure everything was cool. But moreover, I mean, you guys hit a home run, and you deserved to round the bases and have everybody meet you at home plate to continue to extend the metaphor. So thank you for coming on. Um, just fantastic job, and keep on going, man. All right, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Right on. That was nice. The rare touchy-feely interview. Love it, love it, love it. But something tells me the touchy-feely is about to stop a little bit. <laughs> so, tells me one Larry. Some shameless self-promotion. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, Larry, uh, I have a question for thou. Yes, sir. So we know a number of these awards are going to be incredibly competitive. I think manager is going to come down to the wire. I think wrestler of the year is going to be hotly contested. And I think female personality is going to be hotly contested between the Brooklyn's of the world, Danny's of the world, Aja, you know, like the debates are going to be furious and people are going to get semantic with it. Like, are they really a Georgia person? I mean, we're going to have arguments like that because there's just so many people in each category. Is there a category that's a runaway lock? I, I pose this to you and Hankins. Is there a category that right now there really doesn't need to be discussed so we can just move past it? Hmm. Well, I don't until know. Until last week, go ahead, Larry. I'm, I'm definitely no. Go no, it. please go right ahead. But until last week, I would have said, "Oh, Southerners got this thing knocked out for promotion of the year." Oh, but okay. If, if if viral keeps charging like this, because what they did last week is there's no question it was a complete success, and to come back two weeks later with this next card. And I'd, I just believe that Christopher Daniels will give you a nice little bump. If they can run the rest of the year, you know, have – they will have doubled the amount of shows that Southern Honor will have run if they keep the schedule. We're going to have to talk about it. Now, will yeah, they have enough I, guys I, around here that vote? And it comes to that kind of thing. But, like, they will be in the argument. Yeah. You, you know, you make an interesting point about the number of shows because viral, viral has typically run sometimes once every two months, once a month, and now they're they're. And I, that would have been a good question to ask them: Do they continue to intend to do uh, twice a month shows, or is this an aberration for them? Because yeah, that they typically have not run that often. Um, can't argue your point though about them being in the conversation. I, I would have a hard time seeing somebody surpassing Gary Lamb for promoter of the year. There you go. I, I think that he's a, he's a, he's a dead ass lock for promoter of the year. So promotion, his is number one with a bullet, right? But I think if you have a place or a show, now we're talking about Southern Fried and uh, Viral that are at least in the conversation. Um, I'm going to put one up. Um, announcer of the year. There is no there is no way Jonathan Feltner does it. There's no way Jonathan Feltner doesn't win announcer of the year. I just I don't, I don't even see anybody who's even in contention. Can somebody yeah. tell me what that award is for? I don't even know <laughs> what the qualifications are for that award because I think I should probably win it too. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you, yeah, but you make. There's a, probably somebody else who wants to weigh in on this on the phone too. 
from the uh, Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast Network. Let me bring Myron in here. Yeah, Myron. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, um, thank you for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, my God, dude, with that voice, you can say whatever you want. Now, Myron, <laughs> M- Myron, I don't, I don't know how much of that you just heard. We were talking about the co- – we're, we're just trying to get – we're getting the awards out of the way that we're dead on lock. And we talked about how promotion is more – okay, please. I'm going to run right what? in and disagree with you. Announcer. Yeah. Pat McDermott okay. from uh, Southern Honor is the best announcer I've seen <gasps> by far. Please make an argument. Yes. He can talk. He's super clear, and he's got a voice that puts everybody over like main event talent. I believe, uh, who was it that said that at the last show? But he makes everybody come out like they're main event talent. He is dynamite and loud. Oh, and he's and he's working for the promotion that, you know, will garner a lot of attention. And, and I mean, I know that What's his name from Southern Fried, Rick Rickards, or what? The guy who gets butt hurt every year that he doesn't. Again, these awards, the nominations come from the people in the business, right? So it's not me and Larry just going like, no, right? It's it's your peers <laughs> that nominate you, and the whoever gets the most nominations. They end up, we try to come up with, a, what is it, five, right, Larry? We try to kind of do a top five if we can for each right. one of the categories. So, like, it's it's up to you. Now, I got to say at this point, before we discuss further, I hate ballot box stuffing. I just realized that that was my bone to pick with Viral Pro. Their first year running, they obviously, like, ballot box stuff as much as they could, and I hated it. I was just like, this group that barely has been running shows was, like, trying to, you know, be promotion of the year and all this other stuff. And so I kind of held that grudge, which I have now let go, much to nobody's care. But, like, <laughs> you know, for the people who have been doing that, stop it. If you, you know, Of course campaigning is going to go on behind the scenes. But publicly, let people vote for who should win. Um, it's it's the reason the award show matters so much. But that's great that you brought up a different announcer. I'm yeah. sure Feltner will welcome the competition. He's had a great year. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's he's the main guy down at the DDP Yoga Performance Center, and he's uh, he's got presence, man. He's got presence. Yeah. So how about we do this? Um, somebody name a category and who they would put as the winner of the category and then everybody else will come up with a different name for that category. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Legend. Somebody wants to start. Rolling. How about uh, most improved? And Ooh. well, yes. You want me to name mine? Ooh. Yes. Yes. I would, at this point, probably have to get... There's a few names on the tip of my tongue, but I think I'd probably go with Ashton Starr. Oh, that's good. Anybody else for most improved? Uh, Mine's going to tell everybody. Will Caution says Myron. Um, and that's yes. not a bad pick either. I will counter with Michael Stevens. Oh, mm. oh wow. That's kind of an out-of-the-box choice, actually. Uh, you want to hear mine? First year as a single yeah. guy. Um, yeah. That dancing comeback is irrefutable. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's the best thing going. Um, and his body, his body is also incredible. Everybody thinks of Stevens. Uh, that's the first image that came into your head was when he was a beautiful bald bestie or a bald best friend. And you think about chubby, lovable Michael Stevens. That dude ain't chubby no more. No. Yeah. Oh, shit. Now you're going to make my pick seem bad. Uh, you know what my pick is going to be? You never guess in a million years. Uh, David Ali. Ah, that's my second pick. Hey. David Ali. This is me saying it, okay? J- just because he shitted up on, on the show re- has nothing to do with the fact that he gets attention. He loses. He gets more heat. He wins. Mm-hmm. He gets heat. He's a part of all the major stuff everywhere he goes. And if he's not part of the major angle, he sure makes it seem like he's in the major angle. That's a vast improvement uh, for a guy that was just kind of one of the crowd not that long ago. So that my pick yeah. is David Ali. So, no, really all right. Really embracing being a heel. Really yes. embracing being a heel. Um, uh, another category and who your choice would be, please. Myron, what do you got, bud? Um, well, the thing about this is, to me, this we were talking about manager of the year, and I'm always mm, yeah, Brock you were. <laughs> Doctor Brock is, is is a friend of mine. I've always yeah. um just just followed everything he does, but I've seen Hankins twice this year. Once was on the uh, Anarchy feed where he had Drew Blood, and they did that bit, and then after seeing him Saturday, I was so impressed with your performance Saturday. That's the first time I've really seen you live in this in this character. Man, you just tore that up. I, I got to give you all well, the respect you. in the world for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Oh, I mean, who else is running besides those two? No, I might just throw out. I'll throw. I'll throw out a name. I'll throw out a name just to be an asshole. Are you ready? Uh, Jeff G. Bailey. I think that guy's going to come back to a show, and I think he's going to raise holy hell for two months. Now, does it, does that mean I think Jeff should win? Not necessarily. Probably not. But. I think the impact, the crater-like impact at the end of the year, no less, is going to make this a three-horse race out of nowhere. So I just hope he doesn't Ross Perot your George Bush, Hankins. So, <laughs> he, well, <laughs> because I agree with you that all the tea leaves indicate that he is coming back. And clearly, we all know that I genuflect to Jeff G. Bailey. There's no doubt about it. Um, however... I have made it my mission to win this award this year because, A, it was named after Jeff, and I'll be damned if somebody else was going to win it. And, B, um, (laughs) at some point near the end of the year, I will compile every video I've made, and I bet you it's enough for two or three episodes of TV. And if you put that two or three episodes of TV on, it would do a higher rating than Impact. (laughs) Ooh, I, and I, the question I, I ask in the car on the way home after every time I do something that I think is great is, where's your blood picture, Dr. Brock? Where's your blood picture? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't like Dr. Brock at Southern Fried, but they hate you at Anarchy. Hate you. The hate. woman behind me almost blew my hate. eardrum out yelling about you. <laughs> oh, hate. And uh <laughs> it's only because I put on a, a single body satchel. 
<laughs> yes. Nice. Um, new category and the top runner. Hey, I didn't uh, get a chance to give mine. Oh, no, please. Yes, please, yeah. Larry. I'm sorry, sorry please, Larry. Well, Matt Hankins, I mean, Larry, we'll move on. I got to <laughs> vote for I mean, Hankins has got my vote. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. And one of the things that carries weight with me, in, not only in this category, but in others, is guys who make their mark in multiple promotions. And Hankins is mm. one of the only guys in the manager category that's doing that. The other the other thing I would say is I, I, I will continue to like the work of Ryan North at WrestleMerica, who just doesn't get much attention because he's just in WrestleMerica and people don't, gotcha. hear, don't, don't see him much. But, so well, Ryan is good, and I, I think it. one day he's going to be very good. Yes. Um, he does it right, and he just needs a little more experience, and he's going to be showing up something. Um, male performer of the year. I'm just throwing this one out. Male performer of the year, which is again the Tommy Rich Award. So keep that in mind. This is about gimmick work. This is about personality more than work rate. Or and this is not the wrestler of the year category. This is a male performer, and I'm going to say Ashton Starr. I'm just going to get in before everybody else. <laughs> it's like, Fair enough. yeah, I'm just I'm just buying Boardwalk and Park Park Place. Then there it is. So Ashton Starr, male performer of the year. Yeah, they got his own TV Anybody show. Our, our that wrestling show. I, Who else qualifies, though? Who I think qualifies? Uh, Corey Hollis will make another run at it based on his I career. Actually oh, think that, was, that was going to be my pick because he is not doing regular Corey, Corey Hollis wrestling machine stuff. All that is gimmick work. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think AC Mack is a phenomenal performer, too. AC yeah. Mack. Yes. Yeah, you take away one eight-hour-long promo, and he's had a perfect year. (laughs) But he gets around, too. He's working everywhere. Yeah, he does. Another guy who gets around, I know I'm I'm giving two here, but another guy who gets around who's doing good character work is Sal Bernaro. Oh, yeah, Sal. Mm -hmm. Sal. God, what? I mean, there was, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a time where all of these categories would have one-and-a-half names tops. And we'd be struggling. And this year, it's we're having a debate about categories that shouldn't have a debate. That's how, what a good year yeah. this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, categories uh, that in some cases uh, were invented because some guy wouldn't win Wrestler of the Year, but he needed an award. That's what this thing <laughs> comes from. It's the Simon Sermon Award. <laughs> or yeah. you have to argue somehow. Uh, but now Sal, man, Sal, the crazy Sal character in Anarchy is – just a sight to behold. I mean, it is this layered performance that um, if you are just a regular fan, you understand that Sal is just crazy. If you are a knowledgeable fan, you are not only understand that he's crazy, but I mean, like when he walks to the ring, there was a time where he was just reciting the history of the WWF championship from day one up to the current. That is just <laughs> as he's walking around the ring, what he's doing when he wins the cage match, at the at the uh, main event last week, he's just yelling, "Ken Shamrock, I'm the king of the cage," and and that's that's he, he sings umbrella to his belt. No, there's that's that dude right there. That's love. That's love. Um, um, uh, somebody, another category, please, and who your first choice is? Okay, how about referees? I'm just looking for people. Okay, referee. I have a uh, that's where I was going to go to. David Weekly for Referee of the Year. Yes, tell us about David Weekly. 
he's he's very talented and he's very active in the ring. He's not a referee that sits back. I like to watch him work. And he's become a little bit of a heel at Southern Pride. He's got to go to Southern Honor. He's always at up at Anarchy. Uh, solid performer, always reliable uh, work. I've never really seen him make a bad mistake. And there's been some bad mistakes in refereeing this year, I've seen. Yeah. It's a good year for refs, man. I mean, remember yeah. when it was always just D Byers and Kendall? Like, mm-hmm. that was the two that slugged it out. And then people would bring up Dustin to be polite, right? But you, I mean, you got a ton of guys. I mean, I'm always perpetually going to say grandpa, but like, I, it's, yeah. it's just because I'm, I'm biased. I trained him and I love him. Um, yeah. I really can't I'll speak to this category because I don't see live shows. So I'm going to tell you his grandpa with Willett, and I'm going to tell you a story why. As we've talked about sometimes, it's the intangibles, folks. Um, here's the deal with grandpa Crazy Sal, who I just mentioned, shoot rocked himself to the ring rope with handcuffs. Unintentionally, <laughs> it happened. I, it is an it is an a credit. It's a credit to how much of a ring magician Sal Renaro is that he had one handcuffed around his wrist, the other one was free. He hit the ropes, and sure enough, snap. Handcuff is <laughs> Sal is a major player in the finish of this match. He is required. He can't take the night off at this point. He doesn't have the key. <laughs> He has lost the key. The key is missing. I, I want to I, I reiterate this to y'all. This is not a spot. This is happening. And as we're all watching on the monitor in the back, we say, um, guys, I think Sal just locked himself to the rope because there's no reason for Sal to be locked to the rope. And as if magic, the magical Negro himself rises up from the floor <laughs> with the key. <laughs> you tell me who else did that this year. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh Larry, Larry, referee. I have to say that uh David Weekly will make it two in a row. Yeah. Um I, I have a hard time seeing it any other way. Another guy who gets works in a lot of different places and always does really good work. I like and I know that Gary Lamb's always putting him over Todd Fox at Southern Honor. I think he's good. But I would have to go with David Weekly. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so we still have we have female performer, uh, we have um, tag team or stable, and we have legend. I would like to do the legend at the end if that's all right, because I think uh-huh. mine is going to uh, cause a tear to the eye, and people would not have even thought of the one I'm going to say. So, are we female still performer doing show of the team? year? Is live event of the year yes. still a thing? It is. Yes. I would. I'd love to hear Myron's take on it because, unfortunately, I don't get to see many anymore. Um, you know, I'm I'm working yeah. every weekend, so and I'm obviously going to be biased towards the shows I own. So I really do want to yeah. know what I missed this year. Uh, Myron, I my my take on it would be: I is the show where Southern Honor drew a thousand people. Is that an event? Because it wasn't an it wasn't a shindig or it wasn't a hardcore hell. It was a joke right. show where they blew it up. Because that would be my thing. I got to vote. All right. Larry, Larry you're the other one that gets to go different. to shows. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought about this today coming up into this, and I could not settle on one that really was the one for me. I will tell you that Rob Rod, when I asked him about it, 
he said the Southern Niners show that drew a thousand. Mm. Wow. Mm. Man, but we can't a, remember the name see, of it. That That's is the problem. <laughs> which, that is, is such, which is a problem, which is why I hate that people name their shows, because then it means nothing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Better to have pushed the date of that show, and then we would know. And you know what? Maybe I, the show of the year is yet to happen. That's another thing. Yet. We still have yeah. a couple months, right? Yeah, so, I don't think it's happened um, yet. And obviously, Steve and I's take on that particular show is very different from you guys' take, because both of us share the same opinion on the finish, and that's all I can think about. That is the only thing I think about when that show comes up. It was too hot in the building for an air conditioner, and that finish just made me livid. I'll say this. It's probably going to be one of the top two shows as far as votes getting. So that is, it's another category that's wide open, and I can't yeah, see. Yeah. If, if it's, Hankins, are you the one who said it, you're, you don't think that show may not have happened yet? I don't the think show it happened the year? Yet, no. I don't think so no. either. I don't. I don't think, at least for the ones I've seen, I haven't had the feeling at any that I said that I could say this is it. This is the show of the year. And of course, I wasn't at the yep. uh, uh, aforementioned Southern Honor One Thousand show. Mm. When I look at the ones that won previously, I think we all knew on that day we had seen the show of the year. There was no question about it. And I have. I haven't been. To- to that many, but of those big ones I've been to, I hadn't had the feeling like, yep, this is the one. Even Phoenix City this year didn't have the feeling of, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that none of us brought up Phoenix City. I think that says that. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Uh, female performer. Female performer. This is a semantics argument, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Who's possibly. So if if we're questioning who's the Georgia performer, what name are you thinking about when you think about that question? That question, I mean, we'd have to look at Aja, and we'd have to look at Dimension of Rose. Yeah. yeah. And is because the they can't find work of. in the state? Because they've both done better out of state than they have in Georgia. They have. Yeah. They have. Um, Dementia's look, her character, all that stuff is is amazing. Um, Ruthless Law Law is another one that came to my mind, and I started looking like, well, oh, I did not hear that much. That's um, the thing. That's what this will come down to is is who is here and who isn't. And we, we as the people that have run shows here, that's a failure on our part, which I ain't in that no more because I ain't running a show right now. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is a failure on us because we have created an atmosphere where it's more lucrative for all this good female talent that is either homegrown here or accessible Absolutely here. Absolutely right. And we don't get them in. Um, you know, it's Good probably Danny George right. to lose because she's been here, you know, and she's at, again, she's at Southern Honor, and she's certainly performed amicably there. Um, but the the knock on the other two that Byron mentioned will be, oh, they're never here. You know, yay high. Fred will, you know, Fred falls into that too. They're just not here quite enough to feel like Georgia wrestlers. And that's not a knock on them, obviously. That's a knock on us. Right. I agree. I- and I'm going to say I, Brooklyn Creed, though. I say Brooklyn Creed. That's yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. I, well, see, I, I – go ahead, Larry. No, I was just going to say, I, Crystal Rose was runner-up last year, and i got to throw her back in here, in this well, year shit, based true. on how performed I mean, she is to the promotion she's in. Honestly, I've never been a fan until last Saturday. She totally sold me on Well, you're show. welcome, Myron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, no, you put her over, man. How, how is that is the perfect thing? 
You have to have a bill <laughs> to put a face over. Behind you every great woman is a self-important asshole. And, <laughs> and you know, well, I tell you another something that, that her work is unvalued at is what she does at the tap show and some of these other shows because Crystal is often the only woman in the ring with any experience and also just slightly mm. less often the only woman with any ability in a match. And she carries these girls and she teaches them and she doesn't you know, she doesn't complain if she gets to the show and it's some uber shit bird that she's gonna have to work. She figures it out. I, I will say this as a final word on this. Like Brooklyn Creed's doing her thing, and I put her name out there. She's in, she's involved in now that the Rose thing is done. She's involved in the most interesting angle, which is this whole thing with like Logan Creed and Jacob Ashworth. However, mm-hmm. the only one I can think of where I'm excited about a match in the future is Danny Jordan. What's going to happen yeah. when Lindsay Snow gets a hold of her? She's the only one. Like before, the women always had a counterpart, right? You can't think Kiara Hogan without thinking Priscilla Kelly. They wrestled mm-hmm. each other five billion times. You can't think of Pandora from back in the day without thinking of Dementia DeRose slash Aisha Sunshine. They were, they were intermixed. And maybe the problem is all these women, like you said, have no one to they, – they don't have a, an equal counterpart. Um, really to bounce off of, right? Except Danny Jordan well, does potentially, right? So now she slammed Lindsay Snow on the table I was sitting at at that show, and yes. made me believe it to the point I didn't get up. I just stood there staring, and she knocked my diet coke everywhere, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then I got, and that's where the beef was born. My, <laughs> yeah, but the thing, the thing is, she also could possibly have a a name put into the most improved category. Also true. Oh, because when I saw her, uh, not this last shindig, but shindig before that, Charles wanted to put on a women's show. I, I sponsored a little bit on it. We wanted to do something special. She came in at that show, and I have never been less impressed with anyone in the ring. And she's gone from mm. that to the biggest female star in a major promotion and earned the mm-hmm. box. So. And people, I mean, people were calling her, you know, when they're like, who's going to win the Rumble Jack? There was more than one person. Maybe one of them or two of them were joking, but there was the serious, like, I think she could win, which shows mm-hmm. her importance and stature and presence on the show. On a show where it's very hard to establish yourself, right? So, yes. Cool. She's a hater. Tag team there. stable. Yes. Tag team or stable. That's a tough one, I, man. Um, I got to go with Lynch Mob. Seeing him in multiple mm. promotions and in, in, in yeah, probably well, that's probably the right a good, answer. Good match. I'd, I'd kind of have to go with them. <laughs> I'm a huge JBE um, fan, but without Drew, are they a strong? They just I don't mm. know. I feel like they are missing. I feel like Drew is a big missing piece in that puzzle because. You know, it was a group that did have kind of everything. It had a manager, had a workhorse, it had the monster, and it had a guy that was comedy but also hateable. And to remove any of those elements uh, fractures the whole greatly. Um, I, I'm going to say those boys, the Undeniable, did all right this year. 
I know nobody wants to hear me say that. But uh, <laughs> you talk about putting you talk about putting something on your back and running with it. Uh, they didn't throw anything at us that we didn't make good. Yeah, true, true, true. Who? Um, what about uh, Master and Machine, who certainly made the rounds tag team wise? They're very good. Yeah, they're Those super. Over. Very good. GB1C. GB1C is very good. Like. It, it feels like we've got a lot of uh, contenders, but nobody grabbed the bull by the horns to break out in right. this category. I would I say if hierarchy more. had if hierarchy had reunited earlier in the year somehow and continued that momentum, because from what it sounds like, their 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 reunion was a big freaking deal. Um, and you know they they've been around for years. Uh, but boy, those that that crowd certainly seems to love them some hierarchy. But. Yeah, and that's, and that's a that when that group reunites, that's a hell of a lot of talent in that in that group too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we got left? What's the, what categories are left besides like? Uh, oh, mentor. Best, the the big one. That's the big one. Uh, we got mentor, and, and then the wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're presuming that Todd. Are we presuming that Todd runs away with Booker? Yeah, no. Probably. Well, that's a hard one. Todd and Dylan. I think. I think it's Todd and Dylan. Does anybody want to propose somebody else? No, it's those two. Um, looking at the things, um, always a fight for the guy who who has to do it with less names. And so that Todd's going to get my vote in that regard, and I think he has spun a lot of gold um, with oh, yeah. with parts that we didn't know would work, and he made them work. Um, what about? Let me throw out this name, Matt Griffin, um, for action and uh, scenic city. It's a lot to juggle. I always think that he's the guy who's got a lot to juggle. He's very good. I think he he comes up with intriguing matches show after show. No doubt. Yeah. Cool. And you so know, Griffin feels uh, to me like a great showrunner, um, a great collector of talent, and letting the talent do what it needs to do. Obviously, his thing with Billy Buck was very worked very well, um, but there seems to be some sizzle missing. Um, there's not enough story for me. To really like, I can't point to the great angle that he had run throughout, other than the thing with him in it, which is always tough yeah. for me. And that well, scenic and, city spot is abysmal. <laughs> and it doesn't, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter for Matt that you know, there. I won't start to recount them here, but all the good angles and good stories that have been deep sixed by problems with talent lineups over and over again. So yep. he hadn't been able to do a lot of the things he really set out to do. Yep. Yeah. Twin, I don't I know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Todd um, and Dylan both had slip ups this year. Shindig did not go the way Todd wanted it to do. Everybody bashed Dylan for the thousand show. And they both made good comebacks. So that's what yeah. kind of got me to the point. They've mm-hmm. recovered well. Yes, uh, at least it's it's a race this year, whereas last year it was a foregone conclusion. Um, yeah. Uh, what, 
what about uh, what about wrestler of the year? I mean, we've avoided it. <laughs> um, I have a feeling. I think there's a good chance all four of us have completely different people in mind. That's how interesting this category is. Who's well, wrestler of the cool. year? I got to go with AC Mac. Ooh. Uh, Logan Craig. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about this category, it is sort of the total package award, right? And obviously, he looks the part more than anybody else around here. Um, yeah, he performs the part as good as anybody else around here. Um, I think he takes it as seriously as anyone around here. And if you had a not, if you had a, if you were telling him last year. Hey, Logan, if you want to win this award again, what are two things you could do? It would be improve your body, which he did, and talk better. And I thought the promo he cut with David Ali was very good. Um, And it really set up what they were going to do later in that show um, at a level that even surprised me. Like, and I was sending the promo, I was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I think you did this well, you did this well, maybe you could do this, you did this. Oh, I made those choices because we had this big angle at the end. Like, oh, well, yeah, you did great. <laughs> so I think <laughs> if, if he was wrestler of the year last year and he got better in two areas, nobody made up the gap. Yeah. And he also I'm gonna, Yeah. Yeah, he works at a ton of different promotions. I'm going to say Corey Hollis. Um because he single-handedly made Southern Fried interesting for me again. And, and he, uh, here's my argument. Here's my argument for Corey Hollis in a nutshell. He made people, and I don't know that you could say that anybody else did. True. Mm. Very true. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great debate. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, I like that about him. Indeed. Um, who's mentor of the year? Todd, again. I think it would have to be Todd or Bill. Yeah. And they work together. Anybody yeah. else in the category? Um. You know who I, I really mean, like as a, as a trainer is QT Marshall, but I guess it really doesn't fit the men, the whole mentor thing. But I just look at the advancement in the people that have that train with him, yes. and I see a lot of really good results. Absolutely. Agreed. It's true. Um, yeah, I think it's – I think it comes down to Todd or, or, or Bill, and, you know, Todd, and they're both in the same places. Um, and the guys learn. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's probably one of them. Um, all right, is is that all the categories besides legend? Technician the only one we didn't touch was we technician. Away. Technician. I'm sorry, technician. Slim. This is a tough one. I, I, it feels to me like again, it's like the tag team thing where there's a lot of good guys, um, but the, the, Kyle Matthews is gone. That's what happened. Kyle Matthews retired, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's no like, could it be Sal Ronaldo if he wanted it to? 
Absolutely, but that's not what Fowl's doing yep. right now. Could it be Chip Day if he wanted it to? Sure, but that's not really what Chip's doing right now. So there's certainly guys there with the talent. So, yes, Slim probably is just the de facto. If you want to get in there and have any kind of match, any kind of way, he's the dude that can do it. God, I wish I had a better slicker answer, but that the truth that's, is the truth. I, yeah. I think I think Chip should be in the conversation from seeing, you know, his work recently. He's his, he's he's – He's excellent. I don't think he'll he will win it, but I think he's there. Yeah, agreed on all fronts. Uh, Myron, any thoughts on technical? Well, um, I can't see how it would go against Slim J, but I think Sean Legacy is a great worker. But oh, a technical uh, great! That's a great name to throw out there, though. I didn't even think of that. And you cool. know, South Georgia says they're underrepresented, so. Yeah, definitely in the most improved category too, Sean Legacy. Yeah, yeah. All, all right, you could, you could probably sense that I was kind of rushing us through a little bit, and it's because I <laughs> one I want to talk about Harley Race, especially with with you three gentlemen, um, but I want to talk about Legend because I I feel like this is a category that I think the design of it is really great and noble that you have to get fifty percent of the vote and that kind of thing. So when somebody wins it, they really deserve to win it, but if I'm being completely honest, I can only think of one person who should win this award right now as we speak. Now, I think someone like a Jeff G. Bailey, if he comes back and he has a great run, and, you know, that would be a, a fitting cap to his career, right? Especially if he's in a locker room with, say, a bunch of younger guys, and they could, like a new generation that can benefit from Jeff, that he could win that award in the future, but there's only one guy who I think should win it this year. Do you know who – can you even guess who I'm thinking about? I cannot. Mm-hmm. Myron, can you guess who I'm oh, thinking no, no. about? See, this is a tough one. This is the toughest one of all. It's tough. It is it's, uh, the toughest one. Um, Larry, can you think of who I'm thinking about? I, I have no clue who you're thinking of, no. Well, that's ironic that you can't think of it because it's Larry Goodman. <laughs> I knew I was, it. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. You know, the conversation has gone. And, again, Larry, of course, is going to have to mentally check out at this point, right? He's just like, I want to hear this shit. But we're we're in a resurgence. And I think in some ways, Myron, Nick, myself, even Gunnar Miller, we're sort of eating at the table of Larry Goodman. And, and. They they used to do correct me if I'm wrong, Larry. They used to do a category of journalist, wrestling journalist of the year, right? That yeah, happened there was a, at some there was point. a writer award, reporter award. It was a, a reporter award. award, right? Right. And if Jeff is the perennial lock for manager, and Jonathan, you know, if if he's the perennial lock for announcer, then I mean, has it been anybody else but Larry Goodman for decades, right? Um, no. no, except for the year that Alicia Stockton kind of kicked your ass. But like we we don't talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean I mean Rich Tate is gone. Georgia wrestling history has been Larry's forever, and um, and all the guys that come along now. And Rod Rob does a phenomenal job, right? Um, and it's really great to see. And of course, I, I mean, I would not. 
I, there, there's no way I can compare me and Larry doing a podcast to Myron and Nick. I think what they do is a much more refined thing. Um, my thing, our thing, unfortunately, has me involved, so it's never going to be refined <laughs> or, or incredibly well done, right? But I, I, but I think the the Larry is there's somebody said it recently. I'm sure it was Gary Lamb, but other people have echoed the sentiment. There's no place that has coverage like Georgia wrestling. And, and a lot of that is due to the tapped out guys who do the best podcast flat out. Right. It's Gunnar Miller who gets the most attention while most of the time talking about books he's reading and his workouts. I don't know how the fuck he pulls that shit off. 6,000 people watch that shit. People. The fuck? I rip apart promoters in front of your eyes and I get 500. What the fuck's going on in this world? <laughs> but, 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 but Larry's the one, right? You're showing oh, shit yeah. if Larry has never gone to it. And that's, that was as true as when I said it six years ago is now. Tipping Point is the podcast that you do when you want to – I mean – you look at the list of people who have come through and inter- been interviewed on the shows. Now, I'm not saying that that's not going to be tapped out. It probably already is, by and large. Certainly, you get the way hotter women on your show, which pisses me off to no end, let me tell you. Um, but I think it's Larry. I think it's Larry, and I think this is the year that people should acknowledge that it's Larry. And I know Larry himself would be against that, but I think it's Larry. I, I measure Larry the I, show. Yeah. yeah, I measure how people, how I think about people, young wrestlers especially, by how they react to a fucking thrashing by Larry Goodman. Yeah. You're fucking dead to me. You're done. I don't, I don't have any other use <laughs> for you after that. If I, if you're a good, if you're a dude I like before, I will tell you, um, Hoss. That ain't the way to go about it. And then I'll reference another wrestler who I don't like and say, that's the shit he said, and you see where he is right now. I said, if you don't get better <laughs> because Larry Goodman showed you the path how to get better, then you ain't got no business around here. Um, and I, I can tell you, man, it really bugged me the same way it did when Gary said that. Even I know it's tongue-in-cheek, and I know it's a joke um, about Rob Rod. Charles used to do the same thing with Larry, and that always got under my skin. Like, oh, if that yeah. dude's coming to your show, you roll out the red carpet for him. And you don't do that in hopes that he will be favorable. You you want him to be honest and hear you about you because that is the best and fastest way for you to learn where you screwed up and for your talent to learn where they screwed up. So Larry's the grim reaper in my eyes. <laughs> like, when he shows oh. up, you better put the dog on. I got out of the car in Thomaston, Georgia, thinking yes. it was going to be a night to go have fun yes. and frolic. And I said, I said, Larry Goodman, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I can't. I said, Shane, we can't bullshit it tonight, bud. The office is here. Let's go get Beetlejuice. You know, when, um, oh, that was there, funny. There, was, there was a time a few years ago where it was strangely fashionable to say that Larry's, Larry's opinion didn't matter as much. And a bunch of guys who I really respect now said it, right? And they're like, oh, he's never been in the ring. The same tired, dumb fucking arguments that people made about Mm -hmm. Roger Ebert and every other critic of note in our culture, right? And, And then so I talked to Larry about it off the air, and he said 
this fucking noble man just went, my only intent is to help. My only intent is to make their shows better and to make the wrestlers better. That's all I think about when I'm writing these things. And I knew two things. One, I knew this man was phenomenal, and I wanted to work with him as much as possible, which is why I came up with this whole tipping point bullshit, right? It was originally to get Rachel over as a, as a woman that could talk, but it was also so I could work with Larry more. Um, and the other thing I knew was someday – I would have to be Darth Vader and it was Larry's fault. Cause it's like, there's no way I could match him. There's no way you're going to out Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, right? Nope. He's the noblest. <laughs> he's the best. Yep. He's the one that strives to, to do the best. And so all I could do was destroy so I could bring balance to the force. <laughs> I had to, I get the cool scene at the end. I get the cool scene at the end of Rogue One, but Larry's the heart and soul. So that's yeah. I'm gonna that's say one I more thing about Larry Goodman, and then we'll get to Harley Race. Um, Please, but when, yes. After a weekend of wrestling, when I go back to my to the real world and go to work, um, and I've posted a review, I have a coworker who came to me uh, Monday and said, "So I guess you're gonna add. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're going to add." And with blood streaming down his face, Hankin shouted, hey, bitch, to your list of tattoos that you're going to get. I said, you damn right I am. I keep a list of things that I'm going to get tattooed on me in typewriter font that Larry has said about me because it means a tremendous amount when Larry Goodman goes out of his way to quote you and not say you were dog shit. He's the only person that can be totally objective, in, in my opinion, and going out to shows and not fear for what people are going to say to him because they respect him too much. I yeah. think that's, that's, that's amazing. And yeah. if somebody got crossways with him, they'd get knocked slap out. <laughs> there would be a line of people. There's a line of people all, at any show Larry's at that's like, hey, that fucking hothead says something to Larry Goodman. We're going to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, people want to sit next to Larry. I mean, I, I read these posts like it was an honor to sit next to Larry, and I'm going to do that at next year's Scenic City. And I'm just reading this stuff going like, that's what made me get the idea, actually. It was reading people going like, it's such a delight to sit next to Larry and watch him typing away. And it's just like, oh, my God. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Harley Race for a minute. Oh. <laughs> in between, he's so modest. Time, he is hopping up and down, counting crowds. <laughs> He'll type. I mean, he types like no one I've ever seen, and then hops up and down, counts the crowd, looks over here, sits right down, and gets right back to work. It's it's amazing to watch. The man is like a dervish. <laughs> well, in deference to Larry, we'll start talking about Harley Race. So. Harley Race, of course, passed. Uh, Eight-time world NWA champion when that distinction truly meant something. Perhaps the last of the true greats. And um, it reminded me of Larry Goodman. Because now... (laughs) (laughs) So, Harley Race. uh, Larry, I saw you post about this online. Tell me about the, the, the Harley Race thing that you wrote about online. I thought it was so cool. Like The one with Bulldog one the Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I saw Harley Race wrestle in four different territories. It's the only time I saw the NWA world title change hands was when he lost to Dusty Rhodes at the Omni. 
Um, and mm. I, he was one of the first shows I ever saw at the Chicago Auditorium at the amphitheater when he was teamed up with uh, Larry the Axe Henning as the AWA World Champions. But what I most remember was him in Central States, where he was a babyface. Of course, he had points in the promotion, and he was an owner there. But he was there was a babyface against and against the most heated guy in the territory was Bulldog Brown. And they wrestled up in Waterloo, Iowa. And me and my roommate drove up there to see this. Two out of three falls in this old, decrepit building. And it was a terrible, horrible thunderstorm. And during the match, there was a crack of thunder. And they both went down. And to this day, I think they're in their minds the thought crossed did somebody just take a shot at bulldog brown because they went down they went down it was like as soon as that thunder hit boy they it was a double down just out of nowhere and they were both down so anyway you just reminded me of how much um people believed and i missed that that and that's never coming back of course yeah. people really believe and harley race if you listen to his promos of course he made people believe he made me made me believe and um you know we just don't have guys like that of course there's everybody's talked about how he's one of the toughest guys ever and and all that and one of the things i realized is he really wasn't that old when i was watching him but he seemed like such a crusty veteran but he really wasn't that old uh during during the time i'm talking about the last thing i want to mention about him is on peach state pandemonium that the that when they were talking about it on there he was being they they talked about in an interview where he was asked about his pre-match routine and his response was well usually i uh finish the hand i'm playing and put out my cigarette <laughs> <laughs> i love that. i love these like pandemonium got to love those guys mm. such an important part um I, here's my i have three things to say about harley race that are relatively fast um one I loved his WWF run that everybody else hated because I will always remember at the first Slammy Awards when he got into this knockdown dragout fight fight with Jim Duggan and they fought all over the place and Jim Duggan hit him with a fucking salmon, right? And then and then and then Harley Race like put Jim Duggan on it. I mean, think about how ahead of their time they were on this shit. Laid him on a table climbed up some high point in the room they were in and did the flying headbutt miss and crashed through that table. And we rewound that on our VHS. We wore that tape out. We thought that was the most amazing. Th- and cause, cause you know, by then we were like, we called the Harley race, the Imperial margin man. We were all sad because he was in the WWF and he was given this sort of diminished role, but even in the diminished role, he could make greatness, you know, and didn't he kill a chicken in that fight too. Oh, did he kill a chicken? I think he. I think he. After he got hit with the salmon, I think he retaliated by beating Duggan with a live chicken, and I think the chicken died. Oh my God! <laughs> Billy Bell's ears just perked up like that <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> uh, Promoter two, two, <laughs> two, two other things about oh the Harley race. Um, well, one was um, he was he's regarded as if you have an all pro first like team for tough guys, he's one of the five. And when you think about that, I don't, and I I think he's the name that nobody disputes him and Haku. I think nobody in their right fucking mind disputes the fact that those were like the toughest guys. Uh, And in a business, especially in an era where everybody was tough as shit, 
Or even like, you know, gorgeous George would beat the living fuck out of everybody who gets in a ring right now, right? <laughs> um, Harley Race was one of the toughest. And then my last is my favorite Harley Race story. Here goes. So, um, and this was told to me by somebody who was at this event. So Magnum TA was a star of some note, right? And he was supposed to work, he worked, he worked Harley Race. And they went to a time limit draw. And as Magnum T.A. was going back to the locker room, he, he caught um, – um, so Harley Race leaves, and Magnum T.A. sees a sign. And this is like – keep in mind that nobody acted this way back then, so it was a big deal. Had a sign that said Magnum P.U., right? And so he, he loved Harley Race so much that he's rooting for Harley Race against the ultimate babyface, Magnum T.A., at the time. So Magnum TA takes umbrage to this and comes back to the ring, grabs the microphone and goes like, hey, Harley Race, if you were any kind of man, you'd come back here for five more minutes, thinking Harley Race can't hear this. Harley Race hears this. And the story goes, immediately comes out and just beats the living fuck out of Magnum TA. (laughs) Leaves him crumpled up in the middle of the ring and just walks to the back lights a cigarette and sits down for some cards. Oh, and then cut the brake lines on the Porsche. Fucking evil man. No, but like, <laughs> just an amazing story. Certainly a different era. Um, Harley race. Yeah. Luckily for me, I live in a world where there's a guardian angel that will send me the Meltzer obituaries. And so I read through the Harley one today, and the thing that moved me most, well, there are two things that really stood out to me. is like, he really is the last one in the chain. Like, mm. our link to that era is truly gone now. Um, there's no one left to tell us the tale um, with the ethos that Harley could have told us about what it was like in the in the old days. Like, he really is that last link and that's gone now, and that's sad. Um, but the thing that made me really happy was just reading about how he took no shit from nobody, but he really didn't take no shit from somebody giving somebody else shit. A bully was just going to get fucked up by Harley Race. Uh, I was like, man, that's, you know, to think about a dude like that who, if he wanted to just be a jerk all the time, who could stop him? But he had enough in him that if he, he would stop what he was doing, if he saw somebody getting picked on, kick the shit out of them. And also, if you poured um, hot chili, or poured uh, hot sauce and chili, oh. he'd show up at the show with a taser the next night, shock the fuck out of you. But my favorite <laughs> story is, I believe it was a young a young Kurt Henning is having to wrestle Harley Race. And he's in the back, and he's been very respectful, and he says, uh, Mr. Race, you know, what would you like to do tonight? And, and Harley just asked him, well, what's your finish, kid? I used to do a drop kick off the top rope. All Harley said was, I'll move. (laughs) 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 My risk. I got a lot. My exposure to Harley Race mainly came watching it on tape afterwards and listening to guys like Ron Fuller and, and talk and tell stories. But last year at WrestleCade, he was signing autographs, and the line was out the door, longer than anyone Mm. else. Uh, Aldis came over with the NWA belt. They took pictures. 
my bald head is in the back of that uh, picture uh, of Harley Race that WrestleCade puts up because <laughs> we were hanging out in the booth behind him. But afterwards, uh, we go out. We're out on the street. We're walking to get a, a sandwich or something. And Harley Race is out on the street in his wheelchair smoking a cigarette in front of the parking deck. And I felt scared to walk up to him. <laughs> I just looked over and like, shut. And that's presence. And you don't get that anymore. He, he intimidated me. In a wheelchair, smoking a cigarette out in the cold in front of a parking deck. That's, that's really a death <laughs> It really is. What? It, that reminds me of one little Harley Race story. So I, I went to a Cauliflower Alley Club because they were kind of honoring friends of mine. And, and I wanted to go and sort of establish my presence as like the guy who was running his own promotion and stuff. And, uh, and Danny Hodge was there. And if, if you don't know who Danny Hodge is, he was, he was a legit boxer, but he was more well-known for just being this phenomenal amateur wrestler. A, a man out of his time because he would have eaten every MMA fighter alive. Yes. Like he was MMA yeah. before there was MMA, and um, you know and he King's had these giant hands. He used to he used to like his 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 one of his like party tricks was he would crush pliers. He would hand him pliers and he would squeeze the pliers and crush them. And so here's old ass Danny Hodge that's putting all these young guys in shoot holds at Cauliflower Alley. Like anybody like he was just like oh yeah I'd like to meet you oh Mr Hodge and they'd stick their hand out and he would put them in some kind of fucking hold and make them tap out. It was insane, <laughs> right? And um. And then, uh, so Danny Hodge, it's my turn, right? And my friends are kind of setting me up. They're like, all right, you got to go to Hodge and take your ass whipping, right? So he grabs my hand and he, and he starts to twist it. But my left hand is fucked up from years of boxing. I probably broke it again and again and again and never properly treated it because my thing was like, I've never broken anything. <laughs> so I just never fixed it. So I can't feel anything on the bottom half of my left hand no matter what. So he's squeezing and I can feel the pressure, but it doesn't hurt. And so he's so impressed that I'm not in pain that he, then he's like deems he'll talk to me. So we sit down and he's going to talk to me for a little while. And, uh, and I go, and, you know, I, I don't want to ask him the same questions everybody asks him, right? Like, who, who's the best and blah, blah, blah. So I just go, who's somebody who wasn't a legitimate shooter that you respected? Because everything he talked about was him in relation to other guys and how he was better. He was a modest man from Oklahoma. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was just like, well, of course, says job to me. says knew if he tried to shoot him, I had to fucking rip his head off. Like, you know, like that was every Danny Hodge story, right? And, uh, but then he goes like, Harley Race, he's like, I could outbox him. I sure could out-wrestle him and out-hook him. He goes, but he's one of the few guys I was ever scared of. It's just like, cause he won't stop till he's dead or you're dead. And I, I mean, he said it with such a seriousness. I was just like, Oh my God. You know, he's just like, he'll, he'll, he'll kill you or he'll die. And you don't want to, you don't want either to happen. So yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fight him. It's like, wow. You know, just thinking about that man crushing pliers. Larry, do you want to close yeah. us out about Harley race? I think I already did mine. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, Myron, thanks so much, man. And oh, of course, pleasure. Matt Hankins. Um, wow. I'm in high company here. 
And uh, Larry, great as always. Um, if, if you're not listening to the Tapped Out podcast, you need to listen to the Tapped Out podcast. I, I listen to it and enjoy it. I watch Gunnar Miller because I feel like I won't be one of the cool kids if I don't. But <laughs> Tapped Out, I listen to for pleasure, um, which is saying yeah. something. And I anything Hank does, I also view. But uh, Myra never picked the <laughs> shit out of it, man. I mean, I hate them all because I've been doing them forever, listening to them forever, and it's just, oh my god, the same old shit. But those dudes over there, you know, they because they're living it. They're living the gimmick. Like they're out there at shows and they take it seriously, but they don't take themselves too seriously. And that's really all I can ask for out of a wrestling podcast. Now, I think I interrupted you putting me over. If you want to get back to that, Steve. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite guests ever. Yeah, he was a phenomenal Nice, nice. Well, listen to Tapped Out, anything Hankins does, be a part of that shit, too. Are you still doing a podcast, Hankins? Eh, I'm always in the, kind of doing a podcast. <laughs> um, it's hard to wrangle all my cats because there's so many of them. Uh, but I think, yeah. I think in the fall, there might be some opportunities for us to all be in the same place a little more frequently. So maybe it will kick back up again. But if you like college football, you can check me out on the Throw the Flag Network. You can always find me doing college football on the Throw the Flag Network. Throw the Flag, I love it. Nicely done. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another tipping point. And, Larry, you brought up something, so I want to just announce that I'm going to somehow make this happen. And 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 Myron, Nick, and uh, Hankins are invited to contribute. Uh, you said that once, like when we started Tipping Point, it was a very I, I don't know if you were listening back then, Myron, but it was a very gimmick laden show because I wanted to make sure people were paying attention to us. So we used to do this crazy crap, like we used to have these commercials of somebody impersonating the ultimate warrior selling used cars, and like we just did the, <laughs> these wacky commercials. And we had one guy, uh, Matt Myers, talented beyond belief, who for some reason used to do my wrestling shows. Um, And he does the best Eric Embry impersonation you've ever heard in your life. And he would just come on and just do Eric Embry doing anything. And usually it was movie reviews. He's like, hey, y'all, it's Eric Embry. Here to talk about Fifty Shades, and he was just a movie review with Eric Embry, and it was so good that people were like, "How the fuck did you get Eric Embry to do this?" <laughs> and Larry sort of mentioned something a couple of podcasts ago about like we need to, you know, it'd be nice to do that. So I'm gonna say it: the next tipping point, as many ridiculous things as we can do, and any impersonations you can do, any skits you want to throw together. Um, you know, certainly Hankins, if Jimmy Ox showed up, I would not be sad. Miss um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rage, you don't wear them heels in this ring. Um, like any, <laughs> this is my call out to the open world. If you've got something funny, and maybe we'll play a couple of the old commercials, we're going we're gonna to bring back some of that. That, that, won't, that won't be the only thing we do, but I would love to do a lot of that. So I think it would be fun. I'm here to tell you guys. Uh, Jake Roberts, uh, advice line. You ain't never heard nothing. Uh, Jake Roberts is, is doing a lot of things in his time off. Um, he's had a he's had a, a love line. He's had uh he's had several things at work. 
Um, the Jake Roberts DDT security service, best thing that ever happened. <laughs> so all those things are just sitting around. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're going to make it happen. Thank you so much, Larry and Myron, and, uh, of course, Thank Matt you. Hankins. And I'm Stephen Plotnam, and that has been our review of the awards. Do you have a different opinion? Get at us or put out your own stuff and see what's going on. Those ballots are going to go out sooner than you think. And thank you, as always, for listening to The Tipping Point. Thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.